0: Hi, everyone. It's the WGSN Creates Moral Podcast. I'm your host, Betham Ryder, and we have a special series of episodes this week. We're out on the road at the London Design Festival. This happens every year, and it takes over the capital for 10 days. So we're going to be zipping between East, West, Central, a lot of different locations, and you'll be hearing the voices of the festival, the people that make it happen, the creators, the designers, the innovators that are exhibiting and really creating those materials and projects that are going to make tomorrow. So keep a lookout because we'll be dropping episodes through the week and you can find out what you might want to visit. And If you can't visit, hopefully it'll give you an insider's view of what's happening this week. If you go down to the Strand Witch this week, up until the 24th of September, you're in for a big surprise. There are five beautiful, colorful totemic sculptures, almost like abstract chess pieces, you could say, just outside a new pedestrian area outside Somerset House. And we're here today with the creator of these, Simone Brewster. Thanks for joining us, Simone. Please tell us about these and and the journey to creating them.
1: Well, it was a journey that took two years in the making, actually. I was partnered with an amazing cork company called Amarin, who are based in Portugal. They're one of the biggest cork suppliers in the world. And um, they were going to give me the opportunity to use this fantastic material. And at first I was just like, that's great. I'm going to make this piece. I've got this idea. And they were like, no, no, come and see our cork oak forest. And um, we'll show you around and let you know a bit more about what, what you do. And I was I think I've got an idea. I was, like, I was also heavily pregnant at the time. I didn't want to catch a plane. And um, it ended up being put off till this year when I wasn't pregnant. I, I traveled over with my son and my partner to this forest. And they were absolutely right. Because going to the forest changed everything. I had to scrap my idea and just wanted to use the opportunity to talk about what they were doing there. and the forest itself which was an amazing experience amazingly beautiful and having the opportunity to see how this material is grown how it's harvested in its natural environment and learning about all the positive environmental impacts that cork has because it's so regenerative right it's regenerative so yes in the in the the process of actually harvesting the material you remove the outer layer and that encourages the tree to then grow more of its outer layer, which means it has to harvest more CO2 from the atmosphere. So, the more of these trees we have and the more cork we use, the more we are kind of causing these trees to pull CO2 from the atmosphere. But, you know, not just that, it actually looks really beautiful when it's stripped back, it becomes this kind of burnt orange colour. And there are all of these colours that were there, this kind of green lichen colour, soft greens, this blue sky. We went in February, but for some reason it was one of these warm, early warm Februarys. And uh, I picked up all of these colours and kind of left them in the back of my mind brewing. And I wanted to capture that, the essence of the forest. And then the second day we went around to the factories and learnt about what they were doing there and how basically they have a zero waste kind of plan and policy. And I said, you know what, I need to capture this experience and bring it to London. And that kind of links into the name of the piece, Spirit of Place, which is linked to the, which is the translation of the architectural term genius loci, um, which links back to the idea that a place and its atmosphere comes from a spirit that would protect it. And so when you look at these totemic structures, it's linking to quite a few things. It's linking to the idea of the forest itself. So we've got ones that are more like columns because columns were based on trees. And then it's linking to the idea of the spirits because the spirits that protected the forest, I wanted to bring them here. And so some of them are more like vessels, you know, like feminine forms and the different ingredients coming together. But essentially what I want this piece to do is to have people stop for a moment in London, touch the material, engage with the material, ask the question, what is this? And then learn about how beneficial it is for us and for the environment, for the products that we should be using, for the architectural products that we should be using.
0: And it really ties into your body of work anyway, right? You you work a lot with vessels, and also feminine forms, which I'm not saying any of these are particularly feminine form. But.
1: Yeah, so that's true. So my body of work, I'm very much interested in the female experience festivals, as you said. And it has played a role because when I was thinking about creating a body of objects, a series of objects, I wanted to almost have a mother and a father and give them characteristics that we spoke about being important to the forest, which was th- things like being drought resistant, being fungal resistant, being upright in its growth and fast growing. And I wanted to give those visual characteristics and when to a mother and a father kind of figure, and then have them blend throughout the installation in different proportions. So this idea of the mother is actually present and this idea of the father, and then it kind of comes together in its own way throughout the pieces.
0: So they're incredibly colourful, Simone, and um, there's a little bit almost of Memphis blue in there. I know a lot of your war- work talks about your dual heritage and you have parents with Caribbean heritage. So did that come into the colours you chose for these vessels?
1: Yeah, my parents are from Jamaica, my mum and my dad's from the Caribbean. The thing is, when, when I work with materials, I normally let the material talk so if you look at my wider body of work, it's just the wood and how I blend different woods together. But for this opportunity, I thought it was really important for it to be bolder and louder and almost keyed up. So i used these colors that I engaged with in the forest and just like turned it up, made it warmer and made it hotter. And, um, you know, this time of year, September, as we're seeing the close of summer, I think it's like a lovely, a lovely joyous. bright moment, joyous moment in the center of London. So. I think the inspiration, the colour inspiration is kind of more important in terms of engaging the public and that was really engaging the public and getting them to really feel some kind of, you know, happiness when they see, uh, happiness when they see the pieces. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. So what would you like people to, when they come across these incredible sculptures, what, what would you like people to take away with them from this experience?
1: Well, I think yesterday was a great experience for me because I was here and um, installing the piece and the public kept on coming up, touching the work and asking, what is going on? What is this? And uh, if they're asking that question, I think it's doing its job. One of the people I spoke to said, I didn't know cork was from wood. So if we can get that, that message across and the message of how positive it is, we're winning. And that's what I want as well as obviously the joy And has it made you think you want to work with more regenerative materials? It's the only way and it's the future.
0: Thanks so much, Simone, for your time. And you can see these sculptures, Spirit of Place, until the 24th of September. And it's the Strand Oldwich just outside Somerset House. Go take a pause from the daily grind and immerse yourself in this colourful experience. Right now we are in Hoxton, uh, Shoreditch, and I've just walked into the door of Mycelium Unearthed and the windows are a beautiful display of kind of dried grasses, bits of mycelium hanging down and it's like I've entered a kind of little forest wonderland and I'm here with Aurelie from Osmo Studio who are behind this exhibition. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing here.
2: Yes, of course. So essentially, we've been working for three, four years with mycelium. We are a regenerative um, design studio, and we're trying to replace synthetic materials, especially in the interiors and furniture space, with something that is a little bit more positive for the planet. So obviously mycelium, the root system of fungi. When people come in, they immediately
0: see before them a kind of woodland table, if you like, which is a beautiful construction. It literally looks like you've just pulled things from the forest and assembled them together. And it's this sort of cabinet of curiosities, mycelium curiosities. There's sort of a terranium here with growth underneath
2: it, which um,
0: is really beautiful. And then some bowls. Tell me what's here on this table.
2: Yeah, so we've got several things. First of all, it's the life cycle of materials in the fungi world. So we would go from maybe a Petri dish. You're going to hear that. It's this plastic in the science industry. Unfortunately, there's a lot of single-use plastics. But this is the first step where the mycelium has to grow because we use plastic. It has to be sterile. That's the main thing. And there's only a few materials you can use to make things sterile. You've got metal, you've got glass, and you've got yeah plastic so that's the first step and then after that which is really cool we take from cuttings from the forest we pick up those mushrooms so this is a really huge piece of essentially a very old mushroom that's been growing on the tree and these are growing on trees that obviously fall in so we try not to forage for virgin mushrooms we take a very small cutting of that mushroom fruit and then we clone it in the lab After that it will go into a kind of substrate made of agricultural waste like hemp. So here you can hear it is very kind of dry, it's that hemp hemp shiv. And then it forms it bonds the fibers together from this hemp and makes a solid material. That you can then sculpt and, and cut and mold. Yes, exactly. So from that point onwards, we're essentially plastic-free, chemical-free. We're essentially casting things that will grow much, very much like roots, like plants, if are trying to form them to do something um, interesting. And after that, it will incubate in the lab. It will be living still. And at, at the end of its growth, we will cure it, dry it, and we get those really beautiful, super strong kind of shades and, and furniture.
0: It's kind of as lightweight as something like polystyrene, but in its sort of weight, but much more beautiful and kind of organic looking.
2: Exactly. So this is why mycelium has been seen as an alternative for packaging recently. But obviously it's so much more than that because we are kind of trying to move away from the throwaway culture. So what right now what we have is a material that's low impact when it's made and it's low impact when it's disposed of. So... These pieces are obviously things you want to keep for a long time, but let's say you wanted to replace them or change them. They can be completely composted and biodegraded safely in the environment. So it's totally circular. Exactly. Great.
0: And tell me what it is over here. There's a brilliant backdrop talking all about crafting mycelium and you've got these three plinths, one with a bowl, one with a light and one with these sprouting
2: forms coming out of it. It's actually really interesting. You can see here a plinth of mycelium. This is kind of a display piece. When you don't stop the mycelial growth, when you're casting your objects, it will form those beautiful antlers. We use a species called Raishi and the mushroom fruits will actually come out. So from a, let's say, interesting perspective of living with mushrooms, like almost talking to them, listening to them, you can see that they express... How healthy or how comfortable they feel in their environment, based on how they grow. So if you've got fruits coming out, basically that means it's pretty healthy and it's just wanting to thrive. And then it will sporate. So you can see on those banners we have the whole life cycle of mycelium.
0: Brilliant. And the light in the middle, and this is just sort of like a a structure to hold it.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we've been thinking about you know revisiting. This actually looks like concrete. When people come in, they say, "Wow, what a cool aesthetic but then they pick it up as you did and say this is really light and that's what we're trying to go for is that kind of we work with nature we don't need nature to be perfect and it's very interesting to have this kind of really uneven raw aesthetic because that's why it's natural so that's a difference with materials like like plastic and other bits
0: there's a lot of speak about scalability with mycelium because i know that Bolt threads couldn't get the funding to kind of scale up milo so what do you think needs to happen or what's your answer to that
2: that's a very good question actually we've heard of that as well and it's kind of mycelium necessitates a lot of capital expenditure so obviously you have to have a really high level of investment the problem is that we are having to build the manufacture of the future we it's very hard to use what we have textile mills already exist you have to adapt everything and the most difficult thing actually is we talked about it earlier about the sterility humans are a danger to the mushroom so you need to automate most of the production so that it's just maybe one person pushing some buttons and everything happens so that's the problem it's about science technology and getting over that kind of edge that brings us into the bi-revolution bi-revol- in the 21st century, literally manufacture 4.0, if you see what I mean.
0: So you need bigger brands to really invest in the, in the creating of it. And there's one final thing I just want to touch upon here, which is a T-shirt and a bag with a very pretty design on it. Tell me about this.
2: Yeah, so essentially we're kind of a material science company. And what we're trying to do is find multiple solutions for different design disciplines, As you know, mushrooms can make solid objects, but they can also make leather and textile. And the other thing that we're working on at the moment, which is a key problem in fashion, is color synthetic dyes, which are obviously water usage and super synthetic. So what we've developed is growing natural dyes in the UK. And our idea was to actually rejuvenate polluted lands. So instead of growing the dyes on a kind of food or agricultural space, we would use spaces that are not utilised. And that allows us to bring a more natural and beneficial positive solution for the planet.
0: Brilliant. one thing I was wondering about that, is this like building materials?
2: Yeah, so these are more like decorative kind of tiles. They're really interesting. So they have properties for insulation in sound, but also thermo-insulation. So if you're talking about the interiors and the home, that's very almost aspirational and directional right now because you know, insulation is just made of like really synthetic materials. So cork is
0: another one that's very good for acoustics.
2: So cork and mycelium could be the kind of
0: building materials of the future. Exactly.
2: And they could collaborate. You could actually feed cork to mycelium and see where it goes, you know. That's an exciting idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so
0: much. Thanks to our two guests, Simone Brewster and Aurelie Fontaine, for taking the time to speak with us. A reminder that the London Design Festival is on across town until the 24th of September but you have to be quick to catch mycelium unearthed over in Shoreditch as tomorrow is the last day. And there's plenty more on in that district. So head to the LDF website to find out more in our next episode, we'll be visiting the Brompton design district and speaking with curator Jane Withers, and also two of the designers exhibiting at Cromwell place. If you're a subscriber, there's plenty more information on regenerative materials and how they can help designers and brands become more circular. And you'll find those on our platform. If you want to find out how to subscribe, then head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for all of our industries. And these include food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion, and consumer tech. You can subscribe to the show on all major podcast platforms. And if you like what you've heard, why not leave us a rating and review? And if you're interested to hear more from us, please do check out The Lives of Tomorrow hosted by our CEO, Carla Buzashi. And you can also find that on all podcast platforms. Bye for now.